Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit giving hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or just overrun by a complicated life. In this series called Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, you'll learn how the mind works, what motivates our choices, and find biblically-based keys to help your decision-making processes. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Kallenberg. And my name is Susan Kallenberg. Welcome to Freedom to Choose and our new series, Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison. The Way Out of Your Prison. You know, we've been sharing the book, Could It Be This Simple? in our prison ministry, and uh, we got to thinking about everyone who's not in prison, uh, yet still possibly imprisoned in their own minds, uh, maybe by damaging thought patterns and whatnot. And so what we did was we took the book, Could It Be This Simple, by Dr. Tim Jennings, and we've made it into a workbook. And uh, what we're doing on this program is we're just kind of cherry-picking that book and some of the concepts in it. Uh, We thought it might be helpful. Well, and the book has been extremely helpful for us in our own personal lives as well. It's made a huge impact. It's very biblically based with science uh, interwoven in it. And so it, it, it... it truly is a measurable change mm-hmm. in both of our lives, let alone, you know, going and, and helping it to be communicated to the women in prison. Well, I would I would be safe to say that everyone that we've so shared these concepts with has has been changed. Yes. In some way, shape, or form. Uh, for the better, we for pray. For the better. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Susan, would you begin the, word, uh, the program with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you uh, once again for the opportunity to Uh, be able to explore and to discuss the great principles of life that you had have put in place from the beginning of beginnings. Uh, We pray now that you will send your spirit to be with us, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, speaking of beginnings, let's go back to the beginning where God created the first human being, Adam, in in, in God's own image. And originally, humanity was perfect, genetically, mentally, spiritually, Human beings possessed a pure conscience, clear reason, and experienced perfect worship in a face-to-face relationship with God, keeping all other factories of the mind in perpetual harmony and balance. The principles of love and liberty governed the mind. Peace and contentment were the constant outgrowth of a mind in perfect balance. That's right, but unfortunately that perfect balance didn't last because humanity broke its trust with God. By, by our own free will choice, the human race severed its intimate connection to God, and the consequences of which were devastating and immediate. As the harmonious balance of the mind destabilized, a destructive element replaced God's influence. A new principle now dominated the human mind. What was that principle? Selfishness, self-seeking. That's what displaced the love and the liberty that God originally granted the human family. Human beings lost their innate sense of safety and security. Their experience of peace was now gone. They became consumed with fear and guilt, which led to a drive for self-preservation. Prior to Adam's selfish choice, 
the human mind was free from fear. Fear was a new and devastating emotion that contaminated the human mind. It resulted from misjudgment of God and separation from Him. Because human beings no longer trusted the Lord for their welfare, the principle of survival of the fittest emerged. Because Adam, without cause, chose to break trust with God and pursue his own self-interest, his conscience convicted him of guilt. This guilt condemned Adam, not God. Adam, who told you that you were naked? You're not getting that from me. Mm-hmm. Who told you you were naked? Mm-hmm. Have you ever done something and then almost immediately felt the guilt? You didn't need to tell anybody, anybody to tell you you were guilty. And, and, and I think that's why drugs and alcohol, I know for me, when I was drinking or on drugs, I only experienced guilt when I sobered up. So what's the best? What was the answer to that? D- just never, never sober, sober up. up. Right. 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 Don't just stay that way and then you don't incur the guilt. And the, just... Well, and I think that's what happens when we continue, continue in a pattern of sin mm-hmm. is we, we block out those consequences and God's voice speaking to us through our conscience mm-hmm. to try to lead us in a different direction. I was the same way. I didn't um, feel guilty unless I was arrested and put in jail and then started to suffer some of those consequences. Clean that, up a little bit. Right. But until that point, it, I think it's, that's kind of like the human condition. If it's something that we desire, then we ignore, we'll right? Yeah. We ignore, um, a lot of times we will and can and do ignore God's leading in our life. You know, when we talked about in a previous program that the conscience is the spiritual eye, if you will. Mm-hmm. And just like your physical eye can become farsighted or nearsighted and damaged. You just got new glasses. I just got new glasses because right. I'm, I'm both. I, right. I just, I'm packing around glasses all over because I, I have ones for long distance, ones for the computer. I'm going to go in and forget some for reading. I'm going to have, bio- anyway, that's the deal. But the, just like my eyes can be damaged, right. so can the, the conscience can mm-hmm. be damaged. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about being damaged today, that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about, is the conscience becoming damaged, seared, if you will, and we, we, we lose that sense of wrongdoing, that sense of guilt, and we tumble down into more damage. Right, because I think that uh, many times we can look at other situations and we can see like someone who possesses a psychotic mind and acts in that type of a behavior, and we can say, wow, his conscience is being seared. But those of us who maybe have like hidden things that mm-hmm. continue to ignore them. Um, I think that, you know, that's was Jesus's warning. I think we get into that later on the program about, you know, what you what you watch and what you do is it gonna affect you. Absolutely. It's gonna set your brain in a pattern. Yep. And so um, you know, we we do that all the time. And so are we setting our conscience for good mm-hmm. or are we setting our conscience in the bad side yeah. of things? So let's go back to Eden there. Okay, so um, experiencing the condemnation of his own conscience, Adam was afraid for his life, so he took matters into his own hands. With his mind now consumed with fear and doubt and love and liberty, no longer the pervasive power in his heart, and with the principle of self-preservation firmly established, Adam set out to save himself. He ran and he hid. You ever do that? I did it all the time. I'm a runner, baby. Right. I am a runner. And and humanity has been running and hiding from God ever since. In fact, that's what the Bible's about. The front of the Bible, God and man are in communion, 
and the end of the Bible, the very end of the Bible, God and man are in communion, and the rest of the Bible is about man running from God and God chasing after man. And so, so it's kind of good we get to hear that the end of the story is that they're yeah, that we're together we're again, together again. Right. That's See, good news. yeah, because now trusting God in, is, is gone, right? And, and selfishness is now taken over. The balance of the mind has been shattered, and the destructive principle of selfishness is is dominant. But for the grace of God, the human race would be doomed. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the grace of God. You ever felt guilty? Yeah, I have. You ever felt guilty for something that you didn't need to feel guilty for? I I think so. I think that um you know, I've I've uh Yeah, absolutely. See, and and I think in in well definitely in a future program we're going to talk about uh guilt mm-hmm. and inappropriate guilt and all that stuff. That's something for another day, but um, when the conscience is seared and when there is a, a there is a problem with incurring a lot of guilt, we can really get confused into into what is appropriate and what is inappropriate guilt. Right. And I, so for uh, on another program, we'll deal with that. But right now we're going to deal with the selfishness uh, because that's a destructive element that infects the mind. It was never present in the mind as originally designed by God, by God, but it has become an infecting agent, an intruder contaminating our mental faculties. Because Adam broke trust with God, he became self-centered. As a result of that, all humanity, as offspring of Adam, are born biologically and genetically self-centered. As David wrote in Psalm 51, I was born with iniquity, with sin did my mother conceive me. And without God's intervention and plan to heal the mind, mankind's condition would be Hopeless, right? And that word "hopeless" means a lot to me because I can remember my first couple of NA meetings in sobriety when a lot of guys would say, "You know what? If you haven't reached a hopeless situation, you're you don't need to be here. Mm-hmm. You need to you need to understand that your situation is hopeless. And once you understand that, then God can get to your heart." Right. I'm not sure if it's in the Bible, but it's our very need. That is the catalyst for, you know, the love yeah, of God. Well, yeah, what's your need right. is your qualification. Right, because you're not going to—if you don't need anything, then how can God provide anything for you? I came not to save the righteous, but the sick. Right. See, remember the two that went to the temple? Right. One of them saying, I'm sick, mm-hmm. and the other one says, I'm okay. In fact, look at the list. Right, and I'm, and I'm glad I'm not like the one yeah, that's I'm not, sick. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have what he has, right? Right. Yep. So we're all running around doing that. I'm glad I don't have what he has, but right. that's very dangerous because we are all infected with the same disease, selfishness. That's we're right. all and, got it. And there's three different distinct avenues of selfishness, so we're going to go through those right now. Um, and sometimes people um, express their biological um, uh, predisposition towards self-centered in these in these specific ways. The King James Version translate translation of uh, 1 John 2.16 describes these tendencies as the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So in today's English, we would simply say sensualism, materialism, and egotism. Each person has a different arrangement of the three traits, some with weaker or stronger aspects. Mm, yeah, so sensualism is synonymous with what we label as sex, and it relates to all forms of physical pleasure. While sensualism avenue surely involves sexual contact, it sure uh, 
it also includes like drugs, alcohol, gluttony. In fact, essentially all sensory pleasures. Right. Whatever's going to make you feel good, yeah. that's what's essential. People, people with essentialism want to feel better. That's yeah. right. And so with materialism, it's synonymous with greed, which consists of the pursuit of material possessions at the expense of others. Mm, exploitation of others. Right. Yeah. Egotism involves, that's the third one is egotism, and it involves putting self ahead of others. Now, I think it's worth emphasizing that both materialism and egotism are aggressive behaviors. You know what I mean? Because it's, they're putting others down usually or um, at the expense of others. Right. Uh, so these two, these two are, are dangerous. So as well, and I guess it can happen in sensualism, sensualism too. But sure. a lot of times with your drug addicts and everything, it's like a, a personal injury first, and right. then there's there's damage for everybody else. Right. So it's interesting because these primitive drives will lead to self destruction unless they're overcome. That's interesting. Even even materialism can lead to self destruction. Mm-hmm. And we can find a model of the treatment in Jeremiah chapter 17, where he says that the mind is deceitful above all things and utterly wicked or desperately sick. Who can know it? And uh, the Bible also says, Blessed is the man whose trust is in the Lord. Man must turn to God for help. Otherwise, we are all doomed. Yeah. I mean, what does the Bible say about this selfishness? It says the wages of sin is death. Sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Or he who sows to the carnal nature from that nature reaps destruction. The Bible's very descriptive on what's causing the problem, and it's our natures. It's right. our, our it's, it's what we inherited. It's the fear, the insecurity, and the selfishness and the self-protected mode that we're in that we inherited from Adam, and we've got it now. And most of the time. We are protecting self at others' expenses, which is exactly the opposite of how God designed the, the universe to run. Right, because there's so much that we are not in control of in this lifetime, but but there's so much that we can control, you yeah. know, and that's, that's our own behavior and yeah. our own attitude, and we can choose. Even when uh, everything comes crashing down, we can always choose to have, you know, to pick that higher road. Sure, sure. Um, in fact, you know, m- remember what's Proverbs... Trust in Proverbs 3, 4, and 5. Uh-huh. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct or he will smooth your path. Right. Right? In right. all your ways, acknowledge mm-hmm. him. Uh, in other words, don't lean on that carnal nature because, like Jeremiah says, the mind is desperately sick. Right. You know? So and you can have a sick mind diagnosing a sick mind if you go deep with yourself. Right. You, you got to let God to go deep. Absolutely. You know, like Jesus with a Samaritan woman at the well. Mm-hmm. He wanted to go deep with her. Mm-hmm. You, you know, why do you got five husbands? Why do you got five guys? Right. And none of them are your husband. Right. You got issues. What are they? And boy, she, she, she was she was almost waiting for that to be exposed because mm-hmm. that was a huge burden to her. Mm-hmm. She was guilt ridden mm-hmm. and shame ridden. And he brought it all up and said, I still love you. But, and, and so the thing is, is I like that when you said she was waiting for it to be exposed, but the exposure came at in the form of love. It didn't it sure come did. in the form of condemnation. No, no. Um, it, it was, you know, it, it was drawn out by the love of God exactly. and in the right way. He didn't, you know, beat her down with it or make her, you know, injure her because of her bad behavior. He, you know, met her where she was at and drew you her bet. out. Yep. God will always do that. I know he's done that in my life and I don't know anybody's life he has not done that right. with, you know, as you look back. Uh, on. Now we just need to remember to do that for other people exactly. as well. Exactly. Yeah. 
So another important factor in the treatment process is the law of worship. And this is what I was talking about earlier. Um, It's known as modeling. Because of it, we become whatever we admire or worship, whatever we idolize, whether it be a person, God, idea, or idol, we become more like it. We adapt ourselves to whatever we focus on. If we focus on self, we become more self-centered. As we train the mind to focus on the destructive, infecting element of our mind, its dangerous power strengthens. Yeah, I mean, you know, you ever gone into a spiral just by looking at yourself and your selfishness and whatnot? And we, this why we want to keep our eyes on Jesus. You know, um, I mean, that's the main focus. You know, the brain will actually rewire itself based on the things that we think, do, see, and experience. Now, I I remember in my life. I rewired my brain from a bright young student to an alcoholic drug addict. I needed, I, when I got clean and sober, I needed to be completely rewired because when I was out there, I wasn't a problem drinker. I was a problem sober. I had, over the years, rewired my brain and become someone who could no longer live inside of his own skin sober. Right. So what I do is just stay drunk mm-hmm. or just stay high. Right. I had rewired my brain to where I could not function Mm -hmm. as a human being unless I was inebriated or on something. I had changed my brain. Right. I got clean and sober. I wrecked two trucks. I drove one right into a telephone pole, and I rolled another one Mm -hmm. because my brain could no had to learn how to even the simplest things, simplest driving a car, right? Simple like going to dinner at somebody's house. Mm -hmm. I had to be taught how to do that Mm -hmm. you know our our brains are i mean they're they're neural neuroplasticity is a wonderful thing but it can go the wrong way it can go it can mess you up if you're doing the wrong things absolutely the brain's constantly branching and pruning its neural network um the choices that we make what we think believe admire worship as well as the behavior in which we engage all have profound effects on the ultimate development of our characters the software, in other words, what we think, can actually change the hardware, the neural network. Absolutely. So a good example is if you took a, a foreign language in, in high school, whether it be French or Spanish. Francais. Right. And and do you remember how difficult it was when you encountered those first few weeks, learning one word at a time, agonizing as you tried to recall and pronounce that one word? And as you studied and practiced and your vocabulary increased, eventually even pronunciation and syntax improved. It occurred as the brain increased the number of cells and cell-to-cell connections necessary for speaking that new language. Yeah, and it's, it's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. But if you stop speaking Spanish, then for the, say for 20 years or so, uh, what happens? You, If you don't use it, you lose it. You lose it, it right? Absolutely. You can't keep it unless you give it away, right? Mm-hmm. With continued use, the brain strengthens and expands the neural network, but when those pathways become idle, they eventually degrade and vanish. The same thing happens throughout the entire brain. This is why habits are not easily eliminated. The stronger a habit and the longer its existence, the more time and effort necessary for the pathways to disappear. Now, I remember um, probably... 30 years ago, I was playing guitar probably every day, mm-hmm. and I hadn't played. I, I haven't played it in about 30 years, and I picked it up, what, a couple months ago and started playing again, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a bit of, str- of a struggle, Right. and it's I've been getting better and better. Well, she probably didn't think I'm getting better and better. It's probably just noise to her, but 
I've, I've been, you know, getting better and better as, oh, she's shaking her head now. Um, I'm I'm relearning what I used to learn. How's yeah, that? Yeah, and he's an excellent player. Oh, so that's my opinion. That. That's your opinion. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was hard picking right. it back up. It so, was... so what does it have to do with healing the mind? Okay. Well, it's important because we have the power by the use of the will to choose which neural circuits receive continued uses in our brain. You know, I mean, if if we want to think about certain things over and over or whatnot, you know, the choices we make, we can cooperate with God for actual transformation of our characters here and now. We can cooperate with him by choosing what to think mm-hmm. or what to read. Am I, I, mean, am I going to become holy by leave, reading Playboy? No. Or by reading the Bible? Right. It's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to train my brain in one way or another, see? So, in, um, so it's important, those choices that we make. It does. It's very right. important, you know. We, we, I mean, what's the title of the program is Freedom to Choose. God has, has made us free beings to choose and develop ourselves according to the dictates of our own conscience and become the person he wants us to become by the choices we make. There's nothing, there's nothing better than a, a parent um, that gets to see his child make good choices and develop a wonderful character, but they have the freedom to do that. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, you can't put a microchip in their brain and have them running around doing all the perfect things and running around telling them they love you, they love you, love you three times a day. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. See, so God has created us in his image, which is a wonderful thing. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing we can't forget, uh, the faculties of the mind function best when the body is healthy. The mind and the body are not separate. We've already discussed the mind's effect on the bottom body, but we also must remember the body clearly affects the functioning of the mind. When physical sickness occurs, the mind becomes less efficient. For example, who would want to take final exams with the flu and a temperature of 103 degrees? You don't feel good, you don't think good, right? Right. And we can't forget that as we talk about the mind, the physical disorders will impair its functioning. Humanity's break with God has not only weakened the mind with selfishness, but it's also subjected the brain to disease and to physical defects. I mean, think about it, Alzheimer's disease and stroke, as well as schizophrenia and, you know, like bipolar and and those kind of disorders, Mm -hmm. they affect the physical brain itself, in other words, the hardware, right? and subsequently impair the functioning of the mind. Sometimes restoring wellness requires biological intervention, in other words, to treat the hardware, but at other times, social, uh, psychological, or spiritual interventions are needed to treat the software. That's what makes psychiatry or uh, reading the Bible or uh, reading spiritual things to help that heart, that help that software. And seeking healing. Seeking healing. Mm-hmm. Um, seeking a true healing uh, with with biblical methods is 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 so important. Uh, let's do a quick review before we close up. We only got a couple minutes. Uh, what's the destructive element that has infected our minds? It's selfishness. It's selfishness. And what are the three avenues of selfishness? It's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And today in English, we call it sensualism, materialism, and egotism. All right. All right. Okay. And while sensualism involves sex, what are some other forms of physical pleasures 
included in this avenue. Drugs, alcohol, alcohol, gluttony, and essentially all other sensual pleasures. Okay, that's sensualism. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's materialism synonymous with? Uh, with greed. With greed. Yes. Okay, and what does egotism involve? Egotism involves putting self ahead of others. Self ahead of, so exploitation of others. Right. Okay, good. Well, hey, well, you know what? We're almost out of time, uh, but we do want to we do want to mention that uh, we do have this this book that we've put together, this workbook we put together available. Uh, you can give us a call at 916-645-1297. Uh, the book is called Could It Be This Simple: The Way Out of Your Prison. Or you can get us uh, on the web uh, www.justasiamministries.com. And uh, we'll send a book out for free, actually. Susan will pack it up and send it out to you. Yes. Yeah, and uh, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, and uh, we're just really glad that you stopped by today. And we're going um, we're gonna to get on down the road, uh, both of us. But I want you to remember, folks, like we always say, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you do have the freedom to choose. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There truly is hope for people whose lives might be overrun with hard decisions, possibly caught up in unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan are living testimonials that biblical principles do work, and they've put together a workbook with Dr. Timothy Jennings to move yourself or those you love towards freedom. If you would like to order this new workbook called Could It Be This Simple? The Way Out of Your Prison, please call 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.